This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Tonight, only on Disney+. Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Swift, the Eras Tour, Taylor's version, with four additional acoustic songs. Streaming tonight, only on Disney+. Plus. If you want to listen to this episode or any of our episodes ad-free, you can do that now. Head on over to Patreon. Click on the ad-free level. You get all of our bonus shows that you've been hearing so much about. Plus, every single day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, you can listen to this episode or any of our other episodes at the same time, ad-free, over on Patreon. Welcome back to our part two chat with the one, the only, Danny Pintaro. And if you haven't heard part one, check it out. It'll make much more sense if you listen to that first. We talk all about his background, Cujo at age seven, who's the boss, the beginning, what it was like working as a child actor with Alyssa Milano and Judith Light and Tony Danza. We talk about it all. And now we can, being gay in Hollywood, coming out, now we continue this conversation. We've got so much to cover with the one, the only, Danny Pintaro. So then, I mean, I know, you know, you were, I remember, you know, because we're around the same age, you know, like when the National Enquirer, you know, broke this story, like, how did that go down? And like, who then, I mean, Alyssa, I guess, didn't, but like, who else did anyone know from who's the boss? How does that, like, do you, do you answer the phone? Like, hey, this is the Enquirer, we're going to run with this story, whether you cooperate or not, just FYI. Yeah, pretty much. Um, what had happened was the part of the story that people don't know is, there was a radio station, I don't even remember where, but uh, somehow they got a hold of me, uh, my phone number. And I don't know if maybe somebody had tipped them off. I, I'm not really sure of the backstory, but I was literally in the middle of finals at Stanford and I got a call from this radio station. They're like, you're live on air with whatever. And I was like, okay. And I don't know, I answered some questions about Stanford or who's the boss. And then they asked me something and my answer was a little fishy, which was, you know, uh, you know, I'm exploring my options when it came to like, do you have a, a girlfriend? And 
I don't know if they contacted the inquirer or the inquirer heard this. I don't know. I'm not really sure how that happened. But then like a week later, the inquirer called and we've done some research and we know what's going on there at Stanford and we're going to do a story about it. Um, what do you think? And I was like, I'm going to need to get back to you on this. And I just hung up the phone and instantly called Judith because I at the time, you know, I mean, she's always been an advocate beyond she is the mother of advocacy for the lgbt plus community but uh at the time especially she was an icon for that and i called her and i said look i don't know what to do um and she said look they cannot misquote you if there's one thing a journalist can't do is misquote you they can construe what you say but if you give them mature adult honest answers it can't be a bad article, but if you choose not to interview with them, they're going to turn it into a scandalous thing and and make a mess of it. And so I said, you know, you're right. So I called the Inquirer back and I just gave, I told them the truth. I just told them how I was feeling and what I was going through and where I'd been. And believe it or not, if you read the reread the article, it's actually quite good uh, in terms of respect. And, um, you know, it's really not very salacious at all for the inquirer you know right um so i appreciated that but it, it was very true there's they can't make it a salacious article if i'm being mature and saying you know i've been taking some time to figure out who i am and what that means and it's been really hard you know blah 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 um they can't turn that around and you think it's really just because you picked up this phone with this radio station and said i'm exploring my options i mean that's a Absolutely. pretty I think so. I mean, it could be, they could not be connected, but they were so close together um, that it just, it, it has to have been the reason for sure. I, I mean, I think absolutely is a good answer because I mean, exploring your <laughs> options, there's only one way to really <laughs> that. Yeah. And I, and I had already been living freely at Stanford. I told my family by that point. And, you know, I, I, again, maybe the fates, I'm a, a big believer in sort of the universe or the fates or whatever the energy is, whatever you want to call everyone's, you know, matter is just energy vibrating, right? And, and I've always said that you might call it, it God, uh, some people call it whatever you might call it, I sort of call it just the energy of the universe, universe. And maybe um, the decision to just not back away from it was it wasn't like I was like, oh, I'm going to be this like gay icon. I'm going to do this. I'm going to like, no, <laughs> it was far from it. It was terrifying. And I absolutely knew that my career would be over the moment I started talking about it. But it just never occurred to me to not have not be honest and talk about it. Um, so I, I still have to explore why I did that. But I again, I really think there was more going on. I, I think I agree. Like everything happens for a reason. It's kind of the thing. Did you, when you said this to this radio station, did you have a like hanging up the phone, like, oh shit moment? Or were you just like, all right, yes. whatever I, you did? <laughs> yes, I totally did. Um, I think in the middle of the call, maybe right after I said that, depending on, I, and I think whatever their answer was, was, oh, that was exactly why we called him. Like they were trying to get me to go there and they succeeded those little fuckers and uh i just remember i had this moment where my, i could feel the blood like rushing to my face and i yeah I, I knew more would come of it for sure i didn't know what but i knew more would come of it and then the inquirer was like shortly thereafter and then shortly so you're like thereafter, yeah 
So at that point, like, I guess Judith Light knew because you called her, like you already told her prior, yes. like you were out in your life. You just weren't out to the world. Out to the world. Yeah. And Tony, you know, everybody else found out once the article came out. And um, I think they quoted Tony in it. I don't remember. I I, I know they quoted Judith. Uh, or at, Tony was quoted sometime afterwards as being supportive. Everybody was supportive. So, you know, and, and they're not not going to be supportive. I mean, that's a bad move, right? <laughs> In terms of sort of a publicity choice. Um, but even even outside of whatever they were quoted as saying, they were everybody was really supportive from the cast. So never an issue with that, for sure. Were you worried? I mean, this is such a stereotypical question, but it was the 80s, 90s. Like, were you worried about Tony? You know, just like straight male like i mean that's you know we've all come out that anyone yeah. that's come out realizes there is difference between telling your best girlfriend and telling that you know, straight guy i i yes and no and the reason i say that it wasn't like oh god i'm terrified of what he'll say is because you have to remember he's been working on film and tv sets with lots of gay men for the last 20 years right the hairstylist the makeup artist the dressers the costumers so all of these you know lgbtq plus people are in his life and he's always treated those people really well so i didn't really have a reason to doubt that he would you know but yeah of course the italian sort of macho man side of it of course i'm worried of what he's gonna say but i had the i had the experience of him treating all of the people on who's the boss that were I don't know if they were all out publicly, but certainly, you know, being gay on set uh, and treating them all so well that I thought, oh, there's no way he's going to have an issue with it. I had more issues with my parents than I did with Tony. <laughs> I, I could see that. I mean, when this was coming out, were you worried, like you said, like, oh, my career will never be the same? Like, did you have personal things like, oh, I got to tell my parents, like, or was it more career or was it both? Because at that point you were at Stanford, but you weren't really leave acting or was it kind of like all of the above? All of the above, for sure. Um, I think the hardest part for my parents was that they, they just couldn't grab, they just couldn't wrap their mind around the idea that I chose to do it because they know they knew that I knew that it would be the end of my career. And their hope always was that after Stanford, I'd get back into the business. You know, they were terrific parents, but a lot of who they were as people was built around my career as an actor. I mean, from the age of two on, my mom was my manager slash, you know, on set with me for all of those years. And, you know, all right, we'll let him go to school, we'll let him do Stanford, and then we'll get back to it, you know, and then halfway through, I've suddenly just ruined the opportunity for that. And they had to explore who they were going to be without me being a celebrity. So I think it was this really tough moment for them of like, what do we do now? And what has he done? And you know, how could you just consciously make the decision to do that? And then it was like, not only did I make the decision, I'm actually talking about it now and I'm living openly and I'm dating people at Stanford and I'm not hiding any of that. And their thoughts for years afterwards were like, why didn't you take, you know, Pam, the, my to be fiance, why don't you take her to that event? And like, no, that's no. Why would I no? Well, you know, if you take her, then maybe people will think they just won't think about it. Guys, no, this is not, not out. That's not happening. Seeking the truth never gets old. 
Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So there's this new company I discovered called Innovative Extracts. And just by listening to this podcast, they're giving my listeners 40% off their first order if you head to www.ie-cbd.com and use promo code VELVET at checkout. And let me tell you about Innovative Extracts. They offer a wide variety of CBD and THC products. You have so many options to choose from. And I love, to me, it's like they're like a one-stop shop because I need help with everything, okay? But listen, they have stuff for anxiety and mood improvement, improved sleep, inflammation, pain relief. And I also like that they have like a lot of their products can, you can take them in a lot of different ways is what I'm trying to say. They have creams, vapes, gummies, and these drops that you put under your tongue. So whatever your preference is, they've got it. I mean, life is hard, right? We all need a little help sometime. They have a full line of Delta 8, 9, and 10 THC products. Everything's legal and doesn't require any medical card. And it's available to ship to most states. So it's as simple as this. Just visit their website, i.e., cbd.com and get 40% off today by using promo code velvet at checkout 40%. How great is that? And so the the fact that I just kept fighting them on that did not help. (laughs) Of course. Um, Yeah. (laughs) And it's like, they were almost more in like worried about your career than like, we have a problem with it. It wasn't really that. I mean, I get it. That's, there's a lot of parents thing like that. Like, Hey, it's fine. Just keep it in the house. Don't let, yeah, exactly. you know, they don't yeah. let the extended family know or the public. So it was really your career focus that they had more yeah. of it. Nothing unusual for a parent, you know, obviously at that time to react that way, um, especially with the sort of career ending moments involved. Yeah. And then did you, you know, because I lived in New York, like, I mean, I, I live in New York, but I know you lived in New York. I saw you. I don't even know what it was. It's some off-Broadway thing. I think at, okay. I think at Stonewall, but I don't know where I saw it. It was somewhere, but I know you were doing like some off-Broadway, like, did you see yeah. a huge difference in your career? Because like you said, after Who's the Boss, there was some typecasting anyway, where they oh, didn't yeah. know what to do with you. So like, was it any different than that? Was it truly like, were so to speak like with those lean years in the business because you came out or was it all just the same of like you weren't out after who's the boss but everyone else knew basically it seems like except you yeah it was a little bit of both i think the way i choose to look at it is uh, when i was trying to be an actor again the gay factored heavily but i also said you're never going to believe me as the romantic male lead or the high school jock or 
you know, the young detective, the wife, like, I, I can't play that. <laughs> you know what? I, and especially, at, you know, being, and then the stereotypes come on and then you still have, don't forget, you still have Jonathan Bauer on top of all of that. There is still Jonathan Bauer. And I almost think that stereotype, the Jonathan Bauer part of the story was harder on the career than the gay part because I'm auditioning for gay roles. The one out of every 700 <laughs> characters that are going through film and TV, you know, there's a small, tiny role for the queer friend. Um, so, it, you know, it wasn't hard to get those auditions. Um, but I, yeah, it was really hard. It was super hard. I went to New York originally to be a director because at Stanford, I was a directing focus in the drama major. So I was dead set on becoming a New York theater director. And I got there and spent a year trying to do it and met a whole bunch of people who'd been there for more than 10 years trying to do the same thing and were unsuccessful. And I thought, I just don't know if I have the the heart for it um, and fell right back into, well, all right, maybe I'll try acting. And I got into a lot of great theater. I did some super great theater and improved my quality of acting immensely but it was all theater you know and i'm playing like puck in a midsummer night's dream so it's sort of androgynous already right and i played a gay hustler in another thing and you know so yeah what about what was the oprah interview like i mean listen we you talk about all your accomplishments in life i mean well, first of all what is oprah like just let's start with that forget about the interview <laughs> like I mean, does that like how many people get to sit down with an, for an interview with Oprah? Like that's was that like a pinch yeah. moment? You have no idea. So a few years beforehand, uh, my my best friend slash publicist, um, he and I had actually talked about it. I said, you know, I think I'm getting to a place where I'm willing to talk about it. And the only person I feel like I could actually tell this to and who would do it right would be Oprah. And he was like, Oh my God, how the hell am I going to get over on the phone about this? Right. And then a bunch of years pass and I'm in Las Vegas and he calls and he's like, so I just got a call from Oprah's people and they want to do a, where are they now thing for about you? And I said, I've got a little more interesting of a story to tell them and uh, see what they think of this. So he called them and told them what I'd really want to talk about. And, Instantly, her producer was like, I need to get him on the phone and we need to talk about this. Um, so, you know, it, it, again, there we go. The universe, the fates sort of coming together at the right time uh, in my life because I was happy and married and healthy and undetectable and completely, you know, drugs are gone. Uh, you know, and not working in the business. So it wasn't something that I needed to like relaunch my career. I wasn't doing it for any of those reasons. So yeah, it just, it came together and she was wonderful. I was so nervous that I nearly threw up um, before we started filming and she could tell and just calm me down. And she said, okay, let's just, what, what are the three things you want to say, or at least get across from this interview? And I told her what they were and we did the interview and she said, you know what? I think we did it. I think we got those done. And, uh, you know, it was brief. She had like six other interviews to do that day. So it wasn't like I got to spend a lot of time with her, but, um, the fact that I could tell that she knew I was having a moment and that she just took the time to say, okay, let's breathe <laughs> and, and figure this out was so, I appreciated that so much. Yeah. 
So she knew like you were going to come out like, you know, and just reveal that you were HIV positive. Like she yes. knew that. They were going to do the where are they now anyway, but you know, it would have been like a little tiny segment maybe like a, Hey, I'm a blah, blah, blah. But then it, it turned into this, you know, long segment on her show and became a you know, multiple conversation with her producers to figure out what the right questions were. And it, it, it was a much bigger deal than it was originally supposed to be. Yeah. Did they know that you were also, I know it's kind of tied together. Did they know you were also going to reveal like the crystal meth or like, did it, was that just like, cause Oprah's so good at what she does. Was that just like a, just like that phone call with the radio station? Like, wait, I just said this on national, or that was kind of part of your plan. No, that was definitely a part of it. I, yeah, I knew that I wasn't going to be able to tell that one part of the story without the other part of the story for sure. Um, and I wanted to combine them because I felt like getting the message out there that, crystal meth was, well, is still a big problem in the gay community and often leads to unprotected sex or moments of, you know, you just, your caution goes out the window. Um, and so the connection between the two was so clear to me that there's, there, I really wanted to get that message across for sure. Did you have, I mean, this is neither here or there. I'm just curious. Did you have like a plan, not that it's anyone's business, but like to like reveal this at some point, like, were you just like, wait, I'd like to reveal this. I don't know the vehicle to do so. I mean, you could have found other vehicles. Of course, Oprah's, I don't think there's any better. Mm -hmm. Like, was there a timeline for this if this didn't happen with Oprah or was it just like, it just um, kind he, of all happened? Yeah, after. I think there would have been a timeline. I wasn't focused at all on creating a timeline. I was too busy at the time managing P.F. Chang's in Vegas. Like I was just not even on that realm of thought. And so it was really just a back of the mind sort of one day something's going to come around that'll be just the right moment for it. Um, but yeah, no, years earlier, I had said that if I were to ever do it, it would only be for Oprah because I just couldn't I couldn't imagine anyone else doing it as professionally and as thoughtfully and as with as much gravitas as she did, you know, I can't even picture anyone else. So I mean, she is the best. So yeah, yeah, by far. So after that, like when it was released, was that just like, now you breathe like that's it. It's all out there. Was it yeah. just, was it, or am I just being too dramatic in this like before and after? No, you, you have no idea how good it feels to be able to just, there is nothing the world doesn't know about me. That's the strangest feeling. And, and especially now getting into the business and being received as well as I have been and, and getting a, a gig, a, you know, a Christmas movie on Lifetime. Everyone knows who I am and what I've been through and who I am and, and what I stand for. And they still hired me, <laughs> you know, uh, it just feels really great. And I, I, I cherish the idea that I just don't have to live any secrets and still get to show off my talent as an actor again. It is, it is the ideal. And I wish more celebrities who are gay or who might be dealing with that would, would realize that we're out here and we're doing it, you know, I mean, gosh, we're doing it. Um, and the, the, the waters are warm. What is that the phrase? What's the phrase? The I, I think the waters are warm. Makes sense. Come on in the water's fine. Now that's what it is. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. We all love the housewives, right? That's all we talk about. Well, guess what? Now we have house guys. Listen, I honestly and truly have not been this excited about a reality show in like forever 
ever. MTV Friday nights, you guys, listen, they're about to get fabulous because now we have some real house guys. You know we're going to be covering this show in extreme detail here behind the velvet rope. So this Friday, January 20th, MTV is taking you inside the lives of six fierce West Hollywood friends. That's right, the real friends of WeHo. We have our good friend Brad Goreski. Did you guys love Brad on the Rachel Zoe project? You get to see inside his marriage with Gary and see a side of himself that you just can't miss. We have Todrick Hall. I mean, listen, Todrick is ready to tell his side of the story. My God, there's so much out there about Todrick. I, I loved watching him on Big Brother, I'll be honest. Television super host James Vaughn, rising actor Curtis Hamilton, Dorian Renaud, and Joey Zosdick. Do you guys know? Here's a little fun fact. Joey is really close. You know who Joey's really close with in real life? Our very own Miss Meredith Marks. So listen, you got to watch. It's listen, it's six gay guys in WeHo. Yeah, that's right. So listen, if you love Housewives, you're going to love this. Don't miss the real friends of WeHo, all part of MTV's new Friday nights after RuPaul's Drag Race. This Friday, you guys, January 20th at 9 Central on MTV. I mean, why? Well, to that point, right, Lifetime is very in, you know, listen, they have actually LGBTQIA content. Right. They know, I mean, you're out and proud and you're hired for a Christmas movie. Unless what do you think about Miss Candace Cameron's recent statements? Oh, gosh. Well, you know, I was disappointed in the way she treated me when I was on The View. Have you seen that interview? No. You need to go watch it. You will walk away from it feeling very uh, angry. <laughs> How did she treat you? I mean, I'm going to watch it. Anyway. I'm just curious. Poorly. Um, you know, she basically said... Do you take responsibility for getting HIV because you were living a promiscuous lifestyle and, you know, turned on the spot to my husband and said, do you have unprotected sex with your husband? I mean, it was it was horrifying. Um, it was one of the lowest moments of the journey I had after coming out to Oprah. Um, and so it's not surprising to me that she's making this, taking this stance with Christmas movies that she's going to be involved in, but it is very disappointing. She, you know, we've been in this business together. And like I said about Tony, she must have tons of people in her life that are LGBTQ plus, at least from her past. And how she got to this place is just a little concerning to me and and it's almost like she went backwards in a way and i don't know if that's her brother or her family i don't know where any of that stems from but it's definitely disappointing you know i think she could be an incredible ally if she would just break away from all of, well i guess it's religious based right her her sort of views on religion and and the world are are very tied together so if she could you know open herself up again um, she would be a great ally. I agree. Anytime soon. It's, it is shocking in the sense that I know people that are very religious and tied to the religion and still, you know, they, they separate it. They're just like, all my friends are gay. I mean, there is, I mean, to her, to me, it seems extreme, her and her brother. But uh, yeah. And that's why I'm wondering, like, I don't know enough about her backstory to know, but I feel like her brother, cause her brother has become like ultra extreme and has he has he worn off on her you know maybe she sort of made him that way or let's all we always fall back onto the concept that it might be maybe it's their parents you know their parents are all so entrenched in that 
and kids have a hard time breaking away from their parents. And if you're, if your family is really pushing this on you, then you're going to take it on. And, and then suddenly you take it on like Kirk, of course, and he's got millions of people. Well, I don't know if it's millions, but he's got a lot of people who very much follow his belief, a set of beliefs. And so suddenly he's empowered in that feeling and there's no way out of that. Right. So I don't know. It's just disappointing either way. That's for sure. So I, I will say I'm incredibly proud of Lifetime for continuing to show representation of all kinds, not just LD, LGBTQIA+. I, I, I still can't say that one. LGBTQIA+. Uh, some I'm people don't. I came people, out. It was LGBT. Like <laughs> some people don't use the plus. I'm like a big. I I, I like using the plus, but not. Well, I the think plus just covers everything else. It's everything. I was thinking the other day. I really feel like we need to come up with a new phrase because the the letter it the lettering is just confusing, and you know leads to oh gosh I didn't say them all, you know uh so I was trying to think of something. Uh, last week and I couldn't I can couldn't pinpoint anything that wouldn't end up putting us into other territory like the first thought was uh, people on the sexual spectrum that seems all-encompassing right yeah but then the word spectrum is also associated with all kinds of other things and then would sort of you know but i think we need a new phrase because l we're just there's too many letters now <laughs> there's, there's i love all the letters don't get me wrong um it's just but, different yeah and i feel like we could find some really positive way to just say everybody who has everybody who's on this, you know, circle of sexuality or whatever you want to call it. I think that would be really cool and all encompassing too. And you wouldn't have to say so many letters. <laughs> I'm going to watch it. But when you were on The View, with that was like what? With Candace, that was like your low point in this whole journey? Uh, you know, it was, it was really, it was hard. I don't actually think it was the low point. The low point for me was the backlash I received from all of the HIV advocates and major storytellers in that realm. The fact that so many of them just immediately came out with distaste and, you know, questioning how I did it and what I said and what my beliefs were on how I got it. And it just, I was really just disappointed that the people I thought would be the first to just come right out and be like, we're so proud of you. This is so great. Welcome. Let's work together and figure out ways to make this better and help people. I quit my job so that I could spend a year sort of traveling the country and hopefully just talking to people and telling my story and being involved in stuff. And, you know, within a few days of coming out, some of the major sort of advocates in that realm were just the, one of the headlines was the problem with Danny Pintaro. Like, how how did that happen? And and you know, if you watch the Oprah thing and if you read some of the articles I did, I wasn't saying anything at all that could be considered subversive in any way. And then a couple of months after, Charlie Sheen comes out, and everyone's like, "Oh, Charlie, we're so proud of you. This is just wonderful." And I was like wait a minute <laughs> you know uh i think that was the hardest part yeah because i really wanted to work with these people to make change and for them to make it so clear that they weren't 
interested in that. And I don't know if it's that they, some people say that they may have felt threatened by me, that I was, you know, jumping into the world that they sort of uh, were, you know, in control of. I don't know what it was, but that for me was actually as hard as the view interview uh, for sure. Why with Charlie? Like why? I mean, I never thought of that, but yes, he was embraced. I didn't realize you weren't really, but why is it? Cause he's like straight. I don't know. Is it cause he's Charlie Sheen? Like, I mean, so your guess is as good as mine. I didn't have, I mean, most people were very supportive and I've got a box of fan mail to this day from people who were like, you know, knowing you're out there has, has really changed my life and knowing you're out there has, you know, given me hope and uh, I was considering suicide and now knowing that there's someone else dealing with HIV is just, and, and someone of your stature is so inspiring. I had lots of that. Don't get me wrong. I mean, it was, it was wonderful, but the people that I thought would really sort of embrace me and help me help everyone in the HIV community it, it was really hard. Yeah. And I, I, who, I don't know. I honestly, I don't know what it was about. I saw the interview. I mean, you know, I rewatched it for this. I mean, I saw nothing. Does Candace know from the view that you were not happy? Like, was it obvious or I'm going to watch that now too, but was it obvious <laughs> that like, this was not, I mean, asking your husband right in front of you about unprotected sex and how all this went, like, does she realize that you were not happy with her? No, um, because I consciously chose to not make it a thing. Um, I'm happy to talk about it now because years have passed and I've moved on from sort of being that, you know, HIV uh, spokesperson sort of position. I wanted to be able to just maintain this positive, um, you know, sort of a, what did I call it um, at the time? Like love and light tour is what I was kind of going for. So the last thing I really wanted to do was just start talking crap about about her. Um, but maybe in hindsight, she, uh, well, no, she's not gonna, she's not gonna care. Is she? I mean, yeah, I don't think so. No. Yeah. I don't think That's so. That's really disappointing. It is disappointing. I'm gonna have to go watch this. Were there other members of the, like, what was, I mean, who was there at that time? Like, was Whoopi, uh, I mean, I, I need to like, Put the year into this like what were they doing like did they i know well okay? that was the problem number one i should have known when they told me that it was just going to be candace and raven simone that's it neither of which are very supportive right so i should have known from that moment that i shouldn't have done it <laughs> um and then you know I start doing sort of pre-calls with the producers of like, what are we going to talk about? And here are some stories and some ideas. And the producers were already turning it a little bit weird. And then the day of, they had to get a letter. <sighs> so, you how dare you bring this? The ah, um, Sorry. No, no, it's fine. Um, it's actually good to talk about in, in hindsight, because I haven't really, um, you know, at the time, the concept of being undetectable was not widely accepted yet. This is only seven years ago, but nobody understood what that meant, like zero. The research had barely come out. You know, the major companies like Gilead hadn't sort of embraced the idea that being undetectable meant you couldn't transmit HIV. There were still tons of cases in the legal system of people sort of being um you know, of getting in trouble for it and going to jail for passing it on. Um, 
And so the day of, they were like, well, we're going to have to read a legal statement from our legal team explaining that there is no, I forget what it was, but something about undetectable is, we just, something like, we just don't stand behind the concept of being undetectable. Because I was already talking about that, you know, and um, yeah. When they start to tell you that they need to read something from legal, it's never, it never. No. No, and I and there's no way out at that point. I'm already there and I'm dressed and ready to go. And I, yeah. But, you know, the thing that I thought worked in my favor was a lot of people got very upset about it. And I think that that created some positive change and some positive thoughts um, and lots of support. So in hindsight, it's, yeah, I, I, I almost want you to call me back after you've watched it. I so will. I can see your reaction. <laughs> I'm almost just thinking like, what do they say? Like Raven and Candace, hey, you're three child stars. Like, I wonder how they, like, did they pitch this? Like, or just, you know what I mean? Like what the thought that is. That was, I, oh, yeah, oh no, that was the reason. Yes, the three child stars coming together to talk about this. Yeah. But man, that moment when they literally, my husband, who's, you know, an actor and that sort of thing, but certainly doesn't under, you know, he's not prepared with like quotes or what he's going to say. The moment when they literally turn to look at him and say, do you have unprotected sex with your husband was mortifying, like his face. Uh, and I, he started to answer and I just, I, I shouldn't have cut him off, but I was so terrified at the moment of like, we hadn't prepared him for what to say. I, I sort of cut him off and I, I, oh yeah, it was a lot. Okay. I'm going to watch it. And then we're going to talk. <laughs> what about like, and as we like wind down, like, what about, you know, I'm sure there's so much talk like reboot mania. Like, can you ever see a day where it's like a true, who's the boss reboot with all, you know, all of you, like Judith, uh, I, you. I'd love to see that. I would love to see that. I am very supportive of this idea that they have. I, I think it's super cool. I love the idea of, of, of sort of where are they now for Tony and Samantha and their relationship and the stories that I've heard that they're going to tell and like what the concept is behind it. I really like um, and I'm, I'm not super mad about it. My vision for a reboot has always been to do something that no one else has ever done, which is do a single camera version. So you've got the caliber of actor to pull it off, right? How many times have we tried to reboot a sitcom in the sitcom format in this day and age when sitcom is like, who watches sitcoms? There's maybe a handful of them still on TV, right? And and I just thought with Judith Light and Alyssa and Tony and I um, and Catherine back in the years when she was still alive, wouldn't it have just, wouldn't it be so cool to see us doing sort of maybe like a modern family style or even transparent style filming with like real stories and moments? That's what I've always visioned. And I think that that would get all of us back involved, but I'm happy to see where this sitcom thing goes. I'm happy to see where this idea goes. Um, and I've been saying like, I, I'm so focused on getting a career together again uh, that includes more than just comedy, you know, like I, a lot of people only know me for the comedy. Um, I want to show them that there's more to the story. I really want to get a bunch of stuff under my belt before the reboot happens so that I'm not just Jonathan Bauer again, you know, and and I really do want to have a lot of say in who he is now. 
um, because that will make a big difference for me. You know, like I, I need to tell his story has got to be that he is successful, interesting, smart, married, maybe with kids, you know, all of that stuff has to be there. I'm not doing the sort of like dumb Jonathan thing again. Like that's not happening. Right. So. And is Jonathan gay? Oh, of course. I meant husband, married, you know, married. Okay. With- I just, I, th- I mean, that's what I thought. I just wanted to, you know, I mean. Come on. You think <laughs> I'm going to do a Who's the Boss reboot and have Jonathan be straight? I mean, you know, I didn't think so, <laughs> but, you know, I mean, well, see, there you go. You already have that going for it. I mean, uh, I mean, I didn't think so, see. but, you know, and you have, you're not upset at all about this whole Alyssa Tony thing, which I guess is really happening, it seems. I think it's happening. You yeah. know, there was a moment when I thought, oh, God, how are you going to do that? And why? Oh, why? Um, but the more, you know, and at the time when I first heard about it, I wasn't getting back into the business at all. So I was like, uh, okay, well, this is like, I've been waiting for this for 30 years, but okay, let's see what happens. But now that I'm back in the business and sort of really trying to be an actor on my own right, I'm actually like, kind of, I'm really okay with it, especially if I can really pull off some terrific material before we get to it. So I love all that. And well, listen, maybe there's like, you know, a visit by Jonathan. I mean, it doesn't have to be all, you know, you could come visit for an episode. You know, yes. we have that. Yes. The ideas that they have, I, I am very open to. I'm not going to tell you what they are, but I, I like them. Uh, but yeah, they've we've already talked about what some of those scenarios would be. So and you excited. might be part of it in some yeah. respect. Yes, for sure. And this is my final question. Like, uh, just out of curiosity, are you interviewing? Like, you know, now you're back and not interviewing. Are you like auditioning, you know, for any straight roles like are you open to anything or do you specifically want to? i'm just curious i think uh, i'm open to anything i just don't think anyone's gonna hire me to play a straight character uh, you know and i've always said that you know i just i just since i was six years old people have known i was gay and so there's it just i just don't know if there's something i don't know if i'm it just oozes out of my pores and so I don't know if I would believe me as a straight character. Um, I have been auditioning for a few characters where their sexuality plays no part in the discussion or in, in the role or in the conversation. And so, you know, I can play that for sure because it just, you know, isn't important. But um, mostly I think it's it's that I've been auditioning for stuff that's gay or, or closeted. Um, something I did recently I really loved was that just nobody knows that about him. Um, which I can absolutely play. Um, so we'll see. I, I'm really excited for what's to come. I, I feel like there's some really good stuff on the horizon. I just don't know what it is yet. Uh, but I'm really positive about what's to come for sure. That's good that you're so excited. I mean, and these are literally my two final questions. Is that why you moved back to LA with your husband? Like, because yes. you weren't really, it really was like, did it all happen together? We book lifetime. I need to be in LA if this is serious yeah. now. Okay. Yeah. I just didn't um, know. I, at first I thought I could do it in Austin because everything is self-taped now. Like every single audition, at least for the first audition is self-taped because of COVID. They just moved into that realm. I think it's a lot easier for casting. They can see a whole bunch more people because you just send in your tape. They can go through them fast and see who works and who doesn't right as opposed to a whole day of auditions in the building with the producers is a whole thing um and i i could totally do that in austin and i was doing that in austin but there was a moment when i said you know in austin i can't be present i can't go to premieres i can't go to charity event. i just went to this wonderful event for um uh for uh 
I saw it on your Instagram. Um, You know, and I went to this other event. I can't do any event in Austin. So that was probably the biggest impetus to move back here was to be able to get that stuff going. And I wanted to get here before this movie came out so that I could, you know, show up on KCAL News yesterday in person and do a little interview. Um, I think it, I think it's smart. And do you, this is my last question. I promise. Do you think, no, you're fine. I have, uh, I'm, I'm good. Do you think like, you know, you say you're not believable as like a straight, but like, do you, so, I mean, I could just think of, you know, straight, I mean, gay actors, like, do you think we'll ever get to that point of like, we talked like, yes, we've come far, Ryan Murphy and everything else, but where it's like, we have that, like, you know, the equivalent of like a Brad Pitt, George, like we're talking like hundred million dollar movies where it's like, this actor is playing leading man straight. And we all know, like I'm Matt Bomer, like you're gay. Like, or yeah. I'm just thinking of him as like an example. I don't know who else I'd have to think for a second, but like, do you think we'll ever get there where it's a movie blockbuster, hundreds of millions of dollars is on the line. And you are now the same level of fame as Brad Pitt or Julia yeah. Roberts or whoever. And we all know you're gay. I think, I think it'll depend on the actor. Um, I think if that actor can, can really, there's, you've got to have a level of testosterone in a way, right? It's like people can smell the testosterone. If we can truly believe that you've got straight guy energy and you're a really talented actor, I think we can get there. But I wonder if in the back of people's minds, it will, I don't know, it, it might even make the stories more interesting to know that this character this actor is actually gay you know it, you're you're never going to have the version it, it, it's just not po- it's like watching any straight actor play a gay role in the very back of your mind you know he's straight and you're never not going to know that throughout the watching the entire movie right and it makes the role more interesting and it certainly makes the actor uh it more impressive that they made it really believable um so i think so um, but you're never going to lose the concept that he's gay, just like you'll never lose the concept that a straight actor is playing a gay role. It's just never going to happen. You know, that's just not logical. Right. But right. I'm excited and, to see it. And like this season of like American Horror Story, not to bring it full circle, but you know, like Charlie Carver, you have these people that are truly gay where you're like, oh yeah. I mean, like you don't think about that, but then you're like, you are thinking about it and it's not yeah. a bad thing. Right. Yeah. Like, and it's not a bad thing. This, that's the goal. But I think, um, you know, I've always been on the fence about the straight actors playing gay roles moment. And at first I was, it, it wasn't as big of a thing. But now that I know that there are just so many talented actors, gay actors, LGBTQ plus IA actors out there, that the, the pool of options for a producer or a director are so great and so intrinsically talented that there should be no reason to have to use a straight actor you know it's like maybe back in the day when there weren't a lot of out gay actors giving it to a straight guy and letting him show off his ability to do that was okay but now like mm, you know let's let these people who these these actors let's let them show what they can do and and let me be able to relate to them you know in playing that role so yeah, I'm kind, I'm of, kind of in the middle about it, I'd say. I'm kind of in the middle about it, too. Yeah. Well, listen, we will. I'll, I'll connect with you on Instagram. I'm out in L.A. for all of January. Okay. So I don't know where you and your husband are. but Yeah, we'll be I'm here. Be there. As, provided nothing else is happening, let's get some lunch. 
we'll, like get some lunch and I'm going to DM you after I watch because now I really want. I watched all these other interviews of yours. I've never seen this view interview. So now I'm just not to harp on that. But now I'm just obsessed with watching. this. I know. I, I almost want you to do like film yourself watching it. It's like my favorite thing is just the watching people's face go. Did she really just say that? Like, yeah, I can't wait. <laughs> and it's just like, it's just, listen, the crazy timing of it. Like this thing with Ken just, just happened and I'm sitting down with you and you have a Lifetime movie and she just yeah. made this statement. So I'm like, this is, I'm just curious. It's kind of crazy. So I'm going to watch that. So <laughs> I will film myself watching it and I'll DM I love you it. what I think. So but <laughs> I, I will share your socials with everyone. Welcome back right. to the business after your Thank you. Thank you so hiatus. Much. Like this movie, this... Uh, a country Christmas harmony was great. So everyone needs to watch it. And congratulations. Did you see it? Yeah. I like watched it. I watched most of it for this. So. Oh, good. It's so it's cute. great. I mean, who doesn't love a Christmas movie, right? Of course. Like, and, and who doesn't love one that has this like really down to earth, almost boring gay character, you know, and it's the kind of Chris, cause you know, there is another lifetime Christmas movie that is like gay centric. It's a specifically gay storyline. And the, the, the people who are going to watch that are a specific group of people, right? But the people who are going to watch this one with Brooke and Brandon, it's a country Christmas harmony, or it's a little more diverse, right? And those people will just get to see this character and maybe it will give them a little more, um, you know, it's just exposure. It's all about being present and being in the moment and letting people see just what it's like to be a regular old Joe Gay, you know? Right, where he's not leading with that. And I mean, listen, Lifetime is very much like Ryan Murphy. Like once you're in the Lifetime system, it usually, <laughs> it usually repeats itself. So I'm like, hoping, I'm definitely hoping. I would love to do another one for sure. I'm just putting it, I I, I feel it. I feel it. All right, right good. So. Put that vibe out there. I'm so I'm, hopeful, yes. I'm going to put it out there, but I'll connect with you on IG. Like, you know, congratulations on everything. I followed your career for a long time. So it was great to finally speak to you. I wanted to speak to you. Yes, you. Thanks for your patience. It's been, I know we've been talking about doing this for a while, but thank you for your patience. Welcome back to the business. Thank you. Keep in touch. I will, for sure. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope. And when you're done subscribing, feel free to leave a five-star write-up review. Because the write-up reviews actually count. We read each and every one of them. We post the best ones and the reviews really help our shows keep going. And we really appreciate everything you guys say, especially the positive ones. And if you want to find us online, we're at Behind Velvet Rope on Instagram. We are at David Yontef on Instagram. We're Behind The Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts. Or head on over to Patreon, because you know what? There are just some things we can't talk about here. So for our bonus episodes, go to Patreon and type in Behind the Velvet Rope. And if you still aren't sick of me and you want more David, go to Cameo and book me on Cameo. And you can ask me anything there. I'll answer whatever you want. And I have a bargain basement price of $10. Thank you, guys. See you soon. Mmm, the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, 
we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com.